Beep up, boop, boop, boop. Wait, I do have a, we can edit this out because I had a question. Because I was listening to the TMT episode. What are we laughing at in the beginning? You can't, you Me, can't tell what was said. Because it's because I, suddenly. Uh, I, we just went from talking about my home life to me being like, you know how I'm usually like, what up boys? I I started the podcast episode just being like, what up boys? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we just, just like, immediately is like big laughter. Yeah. We just yeah. went into that cackle and Jake, how is it living through the worst natural disaster of your life right now? <laughs> Dude, uh, today I looked out on the city and I, I saw things that I wouldn't wish on any human. <laughs> I, I look out on Los Angeles and I say to myself, where do we go from here? How, how do we rebuild? <laughs> Was this like your 9-11 events? Uh, or I mean, two? You know, after 9-11, 9-11 has nothing on this hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was the weakest... Most that lame fucking, <laughs> but it's made for great memes. I knew it. Like when I was at work last week, me and my coworkers, everyone's like, oh my God, the hurricane. I was like, I guarantee you it's not going to be a full blown hurricane. It's going to be rain. And it literally was just rain. It wasn't anything crazy. I guess there are some parts of California that did get fucked, but it's like nothing happened like at all. <laughs> so it's just oh. leave it to classic LA to like overhype everything. <laughs> well, it's like it's like when a place in the south southern part of the East Coast gets like a dusting of snow, but they're not used to it, so the whole sh- city shuts down. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was whack, but luckily, like a bunch of work. Like my job was like, oh, don't come in Monday. It's gonna be you know really bad, and so I was like, all right, sweet. <laughs> That's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Hell yeah. Yeah. But no, it, it was hilarious. I was literally up in those streets driving yesterday. It was no problem. God, Jake. Well, Jake, we're really glad you're okay. Yeah. I was worried about you. I've been worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've just been, I'm not a religious man, but I've been sending my prayers. <laughs> <laughs> I think as far as like recent disasters go, it goes this, the Maui wildfires. Shout out to all our Hawaiian listeners. I'm sorry if you're on Maui and dying right now. Dude, that's heartbreaking. I know, it is sad. Yeah, it's sad they won't be able to listen to some more comics and chronic potential. Oh. <laughs> I think the mayor of Maui even said that in a press conference. He was like, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. said the biggest loss to Maui right now is that we can't listen to comics and chronic. <laughs> yeah, they, they actually reached out to the president and said, send us Cody, Jake, and Anthony. Yeah. They'll know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need FEMA. We need comics and chronic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only way to see Maui. <laughs> I mean, you know, speaking of other islands, you guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, I want you to know that the Maui squall I let out when uh, you made that joke scared Kevin out of the room. 
<laughs> Dude, the best is like, I don't know, I've been seeing it on my Instagram is like now there's like right wing conspiracy theories about the Maui wildfires. And it's like, oh, I'm like, sure. Jesus Christ. Oh, what do they have about it's, that? I guess there was a video of all the homes that were not burnt and it was all like wealthy uh, wealthy rich people's homes and everyone's like well why didn't they get burned and it's like actually like a really obvious answer is like the wealthier you are especially even here in California you have fire suppression systems a sprinkler system mm. more or less okay that makes sense so it's not a conspiracy it's just once again capitalism <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> also also you have more property more distance between uh, the next burning item exactly, you know yeah. what i mean like like there's so much jesus i hadn't seen those i saw it because you're you know ben we can edit his name out but ben oh, liked it God. and i saw it it came up on my feed and then i saw that ben liked it and i was like of course <laughs> yeah that that's of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. I don't think we could edit out names in the Patreon episodes. If we Ooh. drop a name, that's just, you know, a hardcore hey, name man. drop. <laughs> that's I, true. Yeah, I mean, we didn't give his last name, so. Yeah, also, Ben probably <laughs> does not subscribe to our Patreon, but if you do, Ben, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> 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 or you see the thing where, like, it was started by, like, lasers from NASA? Yes. That I heard. I heard, yeah. I heard like that. that. I heard that. that I heard lasers. that. Yeah, that's crazy because my lasers were nowhere near Maui on that day, so people shouldn't be talking. (laughs) Dude, the you might have started other wildfires, but not those. (laughs) Yeah, but not that one. Dude, the Death Star is out here. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So dumb. Like, what? I I don't know. It's it's a bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah. And that's why we're, yeah, it's so stupid. Yeah. Like everything, like TikTok is cool. I realize, like, I I find a lot of interesting shit on TikTok, but there's, for anything, there's always a conspiracy video. And there's always this, like, TikTok background music that people use to make it seem creepy. It's that weird. Yeah. 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 It's so annoying. Jake was talking about how much he hated that when I was visiting him. Yeah. Because everyone adds it to like some real basic video and they're like, oh, like, I'm not going to lie. What I see a lot of is like, I don't know why it comes up on my feed. Probably because I watch them, but like flat earth conspiracy theories. And then I'll be like, and I'll be like yo, check out the. Jake's yeah. a flat earther. Is that our dark secret for this? Episode? I'm not a flat earther. Fuck that. But it's always like ice wall videos. It's like, yo, this is the end of the earth. And it's always posted by people who you know barely graduated high school. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. You know who else barely graduated high school? (laughs) That's not true. I think they all graduated high school for the most part. Lots of mutants didn't because they lost their lives. Yeah, they didn't have a chance to. Yeah. That's true. But through through Xavier's, you know, Academy for the Gifted Youngsters, a lot of people got a good education. For yeah, sure. Going going to Xavier School for Gifted Mutants is basically like getting a GED. It's equivalent. <laughs> <at> the- <laughs> <laughs> come on, what classes are you learning? Like you're learning like how to defend yourself against racist humans. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you get to train in the danger room, which yeah. is sick. Yeah. I wonder. So basically, so basically, Xavier's school for the gifted students is uh, literally just like a. ROTC, JROTC program. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that pre army. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
It's the pro-military industrial complex. Oh, here we go. Typical oh, Marvel. We're delving <laughs> deep today. <laughs> child soldiers. Oh, that's right. Child soldiers. Child, child trafficking, one might argue. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They take in strays, mm-hmm. so and then they, anybody could be enlisted. Anybody. Against their will. Yeah. But that's, no. not, is, that's not how <laughs> Krakoa is, at, at no. least. Not in that No, way. I mean, we're all just... Uh, exaggerating for the bit oh, anyway, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta add we gotta add music to it. To Comics and Chronic, our Patreon, 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 Patreon episode. I am one of your hosts, Jacob H. With me is Cody Cannon, Anthony Iannaccio. Today we are discussing an entire fucking omnibus. Yeah. Um, we're getting into that omnibusy today. <laughs> 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 it's twerking. It's, it's twerking. This is how it would yeah, be twerking. Yeah. It would be the yeah. best. <laughs> We're getting omnibusy today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Today we are talking Jonathan Hickman's X Men omnibus run. Yeah. 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 Post House X Powers of Ten. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't know what that is, you Ooh. should check out the episode we did. Yes. Catch yourself up. Right. And, then you'll and that's not a yeah. Patreon exclusive. You can go check it out normally. Yeah. Yeah. That's for everyone. That's for everyone. But this one is just for you. Yeah. And this is a direct continuation yes. of that. Yeah. This yes. is the first time we've had a pat- Patreon episode where you, in order to continue the series and us our conversation on it, you have to be a subscriber. This is the Ooh, first time. Right. If you want this information, you got to pay us. Yeah. It's like, it, this is it. our version of a paywall. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you get through the House of X, Powers of X, that's fine. But after that, you got to pay. Yeah. Yeah. We're giving you some hot fire today. Cody's yeah. up for a new dark secret. <laughs> Ooh, I'm yeah, up for a is. dark secret. I've got a couple dark secrets under my book right now. <laughs> right, I might try. I might give him a freebie. A freebie? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah. I, it's almost going to be difficult to give this a synopsis since it's like 40 issues, but <laughs> it's 21 issues. Is it 21 issues? 21 issues. But the thing about it, yeah, I would agree because it's not like yeah, it's also not straightforward. Definitely not straightforward. Yeah, it's kind of like episodic. Like each story could be self-contained in its own way. Maybe it's multiple issues, but like you know, like for instance, one of my favorite parts of this run is the children of the vault when they yeah, go inside the vault. I like that part. Yeah, that part was insane. That like you get an issue like and then like a bunch of issues pass and you don't know what happened to them. And then you get the story and like a couple issues. Yeah. Like, so like it has interesting connections throughout the run, but you're right. Like there's different things happening. Nothing really straightforward. It's just like Krakoa is developing and evolving. Yes. 
and they're recruiting people and their uh their main threat is Nimrod, the the construction Nimrod. of Nimrod. Yes. Yeah. Nimrod's still fucking shit up. Yeah. And now he has like a human personality. Yeah. Well, it was that one woman's husband. Yeah, the one who died yeah. in House of X, Powers of X. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Her, his personality gets transferred into the Nimrod Sentinel. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really cool story too. That that happened like maybe towards the end that happens, but it doesn't really matter. It's this dude's personality, but like he gets like he comes to life and then immediately has to like sacrifice his entire like life history mm-hmm. in order to like defeat the virus or some shit like that. But he does. He's like, oh, I had to do it. Yeah. yeah. Like Nimrod's kind of very cold, but he still kind of has this weird human personality nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Nimrod's terrifying. He is terrifying. He's like unbeatable, legit. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of cool. I like, I feel conflicted because it's always like after reading House of X, Powers of X, and seeing like the fact that they always kind of lose in the end, whether it's 100 years in the future or 200 years, you know what I mean? Like ultimately the X Men like lose. Yeah. That's sad. So it's cool to see how they're always like strategizing to like beat it, whether it's like, Sending a team now up to Orcus or sending a team in the future to Orcus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot, to be honest. Orcus is cool. Maybe we should talk about Orcus. It's yeah. like the anti-mutant organization made of humans. Yeah. They use like AI to to fuck mutants up. And monkeys. <laughs> yeah, and monkeys. There's that one issue where Magneto kills a bunch of like Planet of the Apes super intelligent monkeys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Some it's, crazy shit happens. Yeah. That's the thing, is like I do wish there was a little more consistency throughout the omnibus. Yeah. I would agree with that. It's a little all over the place. Yeah, like, for like sure. some issues are way, even some like like three issues are way stronger than the next three issues, whether it be both writing or art. Agreed. Like yeah. Some of the art yeah. slaps. Yeah, some of the art is insane, and, it, and then it has a really jarring transition to not my favorite art. Agreed. It, it kind of goes off like to, into mediocrity. So we get multiple artists. I know there's Lanil Yu, who we've talked about in the Secret Invasion episode. Not a huge fan of his art. Not really, not really into it. But again, it's another artist where if you're doing mutants, it has that appeal where they look a little more mutant-ish. So I, I like that. But then Russell Dowderman. So there's a lot of one-shots in this omnibus. Mm. Maybe it, it's not really straightforward, but but no, like in the omnibus telling you these are the one-shots, but there's like a night... There's a Nightcrawler one shot. There's a Jean Grey, a Jean Grey and Emma Frost, where it's like mostly wordless, kind of like in the new X-Men issue we read. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that one's yes. cool. That one's cool. Russell Dowderman does the art for those, and that's some, I think like Russell Dowderman's X-Men art is might be my favorite. I just love the way he draws everybody. Yeah. Who does the art for like, <clears throat> I think it's the first, I don't know, five issues or so? It's like specifically I can think of like when Apocalypse has that sword fight on Krakoa with that one mutant. Oh, yeah. Lenil Yu. Yeah. Oh, see, like his art in this was sick, I thought. I like yeah. that. I yeah. love seeing his massive apocalypse, especially when they go to that yes. like UN meeting and he's wearing that suit. Yes. Yeah. You just mentioned two of my favorite issues in this. Those yes. are the way. probably some of the strongest issues. Yeah, definitely. Those two specifically. The... Issue where they go and meet with the UN leaders. And that one is that yes. one's awesome. Oh, it's so bad. So bad. So bad. But, like there is some battling going on, but like it shows you the X-Men at their most cunning, like using words to just slice people apart. Yeah. Did this come out before Black Panther 2? I I was yes. it definitely did. And yeah, you're right. Black Panther borrows heavily from 
that issue. I agree. I agree. That I, I, it did remind me of this scene, and it's badass either yeah, way. Yeah. Like, I just love the way like um, some things that happen in this run. Like the thing about Krakoa is that there's so many titles and series that tie into the story going on. So like, in in, in one of their like uh, dialogue parts with the humans, Xavier mentions like it took you one month for you guys to try to kill me. And that happens in X-Force. They actually kill Xavier and resurrect him again, like very early on in Krakoa. Um, so it's an interesting point that you see Xavier there still trying to be like, he's still like, I like you guys. I want the dream to happen. But man, you guys, you, it Wait, took you who, one month who? to the kill him. The mutants tried to kill him? No, the humans. Humans. Oh, humans. Oh, in humans X-Force. that he's talking oh, to right, in right, this right. meeting. I wasn't sure. Okay, cool. And then he's like, you guys were going to try to kill me here today. Yeah. Also, I feel like you got to be real stupid to like see Xavier Magneto and Apocalypse walk through the door and be like, all right, we're going to try and kill these dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Gorgon and they're like, oh, sir, we have to take your sword. And he's like, you're a fool to think that to look at me and think the sword is the weapon. Ooh, and it's like, oh, that's such yeah. a badass line. Yeah. And Cyclops was there also, right? Yeah. Yep. Cyclops is there. Cyclops is like a badass issue. in this run. He is. I yep. agree. He, uh, Love Cyclops in this run. I agree. He's 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 a strong character in this. If it also, it finally puts like respect on his name. I feel like Cyclops gets a bad rap for being hell yes, bitch, you know. Yeah, he's definitely and he's not. not. He's this. team leader. He's fucking. There was also like a while where Cyclops became a heel, and yeah. this, I like this Cyclops much more than heel Cyclops. Me yeah. too. He's more of like a Magneto esque type Cyclops. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he has that same kind of mentality. Like, no, like, we are stronger. Let's fuck shit up. And he also has more personality in this, too. He jokes around a lot with Cable and... Um, Who's his son in this what's run, her name? right? Yeah. It's like yeah, it's his Cable son. And, and Rachel Gray. Yeah. I like that UN issue because it has, like, really cool, like, uh, almost like Jason Bourne vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Apocalypse in a suit. The Apocalypse in a suit is actually pretty badass. I don't know yeah, why. It is. Dude. Oh, it is. It is. He's just so massive. Yeah. Yep. I really love Apocalypse in this run as well. Yeah. Also kind of terror, even though he's on the side, even though he is a part of the Krokoan leadership, he is still very much a scary character. Yeah. 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 But it's so cool that he's on the X-Men side in this case. But you can tell (laughs) that it's not, he doesn't, it won't always be. Here's the interesting interesting Ooh. thing. So far, he hasn't he hasn't, he hasn't he hasn't become a heel again, which is what makes me like him even more. Like in this one, okay, th- there's the ish- other issue Jake's talked about. It's called the Crucible, or it's about the Crucible. That one is awesome. Yeah, and that made me not only respect and like Apocalypse, but like understand him so yeah. well. Yeah, dude, that fight. Okay, who's that mutant's name? The girl that he's fighting. Uh, she's a Guthrie, you know, like, okay, so there's Cannonball, mm-hmm. you know that dude? Yes. He's another mutant. Yes. Okay. And he was a new mutant, and he has two sisters, and this is one of his sisters. Um, I don't remember her name, but basically, so, it, so on Krakoa, they resurrect mutants, but in this case, there's also mutants that lost their powers because of Wanda, yeah. who they all fucking hate at this point. <laughs> yeah. The Pretender, they call her, the witch, the Pretender Ooh, witch. I like that. And so in the Crucible, what happens is you fight to the death with Apocalypse, basically. 
And uh, which is crazy, like it, it's, it's such a crazy concept. <laughs> it's such a crazy concept. That yeah. Anyone agree to it? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I like that Charles and Magneto were like, "Yeah, this is a thing. yeah, <laughs> sure." <laughs> Apocalypse, you may murder this barely an adult. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> literal like t- teenager, yeah. <laughs> like nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-old girl. Yeah, who has yeah. no powers and has to fight with a sword against Apocalypse and a giant sword. Like yeah, a fucking massive blade. Yeah, and Apocalypse all without a sword, being one of the most powerful mutants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Hands> down. <laughs> but like, you're we're all thinking that reading this, but because Jonathan Hickman is such a good writer, and because Apocalypse is such a great character to do this, his dialogue convinces you. Like, wait a minute, like this is about more than just like an unnecessary death. This is about regaining your power and like Rebirth realizing and- like. Yeah, rebirth and that mutants are like dominant. It's more, you know, it's like Apocalypse's philosophy, and like she agrees to all of it. She's like, yeah. no, I'm gonna keep fighting, and he's like, yes, like you fucking earned it. Yeah, you know, it's so cool. I I love that whole fucking issue. We have the talk with Nightcrawler too yeah. at the same time. So yeah. cool. Yeah, what Nightcrawler's cool in this. I like that they make him really super. Like religious and spiritual. I mean, that's always yeah. kind of been a thing of Nightcrawler, but I big respect. Yeah, but I just feel like they've leaned like heavily, heavily into, into it, it yeah. in a respectful like way. Where like I respect his religious views. Yeah, no, they have because because his religious views are so important in the wake of oh shit, we could resurrect people. What the fuck does that mean for the afterlife? That's yeah. what he's really conflicted about. Yeah, yeah. I do like the dialogue in the Crucible one because yeah, like the whole time, like dude, like when Apocalypse like fucking kills her, I'm just like whoa. And then, like, literally when she's reborn, he's like, rise, child of Crusher. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, he wants her to, like, be a mutant and come back. Into if the this were, if this omnibus were to be, like, a multi-season show, that would be the end of <sighs> a season. That would be the end of a season. Yeah. 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 That'd be a perfect way to end a season. Yeah. Or would I you want know, live like, action or would you want animated, though? Ooh. I want live action. Krakoa animated. Ooh. I oh, want live really? action too. Yeah, I kind of want live action too. I want MCU to do Krakoa. I think yeah. it just works. You yeah, but do I don't want MCU want. to do Krakoa. I agree. I don't want Marvel Studios. But like, well, well, yeah, they've given up. Yeah, if it's Secret Invasion quality, don't, Ugh, don't do no, it. If, no. if dude, I, I, I honestly, I don't think I like. I've watched three episodes now of secret invasion. It's so hard to get through. I literally just can't stay awake, but, uh, it's not a good show. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't made to stay awake. No, yeah. <laughs> Joey literally said like he would just fiddle on his computer and do shit or yeah, draw, right? like it draw was... with it in the background. That's how like, uh... like this, this, yeah, the show is whack. But, uh, so like, I mean, honestly, I don't know that I'm, I want to give Marvel money. Going forward. Ooh, hot fire. Well, we got to keep this podcast going. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, what I'm saying is fuck Disney. I'll pirate that shit. Right. Yeah, I'm down to pirate it, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they've lost my income is what I'm saying. No, I totally agree. I guess what I'm saying is a really cool live act action adaptation of the. Like if done done properly and done by like, like a stellar director, like. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they've got to capture that like that scene you guys were just talking about like someone coming out of an egg and then apocalypse just standing over yeah. them like rise. 
raise my child. Like, yeah. or you don't even, you know, like you could just picture that as like a quick three second. I think what cut. you're like, saying, you know, like I think not, what you're saying is this series, this live action adaptation needs to be directed by comics and chronic. Yeah, oh, there shit. we go. Give That'd us Krakoa. Sick. Yeah. Give us Krakoa. Let us do Krakoa. Cody Feige back at it again. <laughs> 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 Always there to save the day when you need him. Um, yeah, yeah, the Crucible episode, and like that artist, like I really just like the way he, I forget his, he draws Vanilla the X-Men. You. Yeah, I like the way he draws the X-Men and the mutants. I'm a huge fan in the same way that I really like Apocalypse in this run. I also really like Magneto. Yeah. Yeah. Magneto like rules. He's, he, he's still like has his quintessential characteristics and traits, but he's like, he like even talks to Xavier. He's like, this is awesome. Like we're doing this. Finally, we get to work together. Like, we're on the same page and he is on the same page. And I love this. It's a, little, it's a small panel where he comes back from a battle. I think it might even be after killing the super smart chimpanzees and the kids of Krakoa all run to him and they're like, Magneto, yeah. Magneto. And he's like a fucking hero. Yeah. yeah to, I love that too. He's I knew you would appreciate that too. Yeah. yeah. Like, I like that. Oh yeah. One of my favorite Magneto scenes in here too, including the UN, like just his speech in the UN is like, we all, we learned all this from you. Like, and we're going to, pretty much snuff you out like a fire with no oxygen. Like, that's how we're Oof. taking over. Yeah. The way he just, he's like, you know, in the past, you know, I might have come here and, like, threatened you guys with shit. He's like, I don't even need to do that anymore. <laughs> like, that's yeah. how badass he is, you know? I like, yeah, I like that him and Xavier have agreed that, like, while they won't do anything to, like... Harm no man. It's like one of no the laws. Man. Yeah, they won't harm humans. They won't do anything. They accept the fact that mutants are the future, and they will eventually let them, on their own, die out. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that because that's still cold. That's like, you're right. Let's let evolution do its thing. Yeah. Eventually they will die out. Yeah. It's like us with those right wing conspiracy things, you know? Yeah. We got to snuff him out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also like how in the UN meeting that Wakanda is just like has their back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wakanda is not disagreeing with them, and Wakanda is not the one getting threatened. Like you know that. Like Magneto is yeah. like agreeing with them. You know they, they. You know they're on the same page. I also feel like Wakanda is one of the smarter nations to be like, yeah, we're not going to fuck with Krakoa. Yeah, like, that place harbors some of the most powerful people ever. Yeah, right. They also don't need <laughs> anything from Krakoa. They have their own technology and medicine. They don't need it's it. True. Yeah, Wakanda has everything they need and protection. They and don't protection. need Krakoa. Yeah. They're just allies. Is there still any relation, like right now, as we're reading the omnibus between Storm and Wakanda? No. no? Um, as we're reading the omnibus, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Present day Marvel, no. I think they've split up. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm really not sure, but actually, in present day Marvel, Storm is on Mars. Yeah. So I she's I, running shit there. I had a question. What even while I was reading it, uh, and this is one of those random uh, issues where like she had cancer. Yeah, so that like kind of came out of the blue in the omnibus. It was just like out of nowhere, she just boom has cancer. So I think Storm is. If you want to read what's happening with Storm, you read Marauders, mm, okay. which is also a good series. But she's on a team called the Marauders, and I think they might explain it there. But yeah, in one of the one shots, she has like this techno cancer or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And Jean Grey and Emma Frost have to figure that out by going into her mind. This is one of my favorite issues of the Omnibus. Yeah. That was a cool issue. Yeah, that was the... The art is beautiful. Yeah, it's crazy and very psychedelic. And very reminiscent of that one issue in the new X-Men. Yes. yes. Where they go into Charles's head. Yes. This series, you can see 
how influential Grant Morrison's All New X Men was on Jonathan Hickman's. Yeah, I, I agree. And he says that too. Like that's the backbone of Krakoa. It's Grant Morrison's run. Well, they do lean into this like with Krakoa has their own language. It has their own like everything. Like it's its own thing. Even at, at the what's it called the 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 Met Gala, the Hellfire Gala. Yeah. They all dress in like mutant garb, which is like a little more eccentric than, you know, they normally dress. Yeah. Right. I kind of like that. Like they really gave the mutants their own culture and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I love about Krakoa. It gives the mutants their own place and like they're running shit. Like this is the beginning of of Krakoa. You know, nothing's really falling apart yet. Like things are still running pretty smoothly. Um, There's some seedy shit going on. Yeah. I mean, I love Mr. Sinister. Yeah. Because it's like everyone knows not to trust him, but he's so necessary and he has a place in the council where they're just like, you're such a little fuck, Mr. Sinister. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> if you remember in House of X, Powers of Ten, without Mr. Sinister, they don't have the DNA to res- keep resurrecting people. Yeah, they can't store the, the genetic codes for every mutant. Yep. He has it, so they yeah. have to deal with him. So that comes into play later on, by the way. I like that his part of the island is called Bar Sinister. <laughs> Like it's like it's a club. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sinister is insane, and I love Sinister. Yeah, he's cool as fuck. Sinister. Ever since the '97 cartoon, Sinister has been one of my favorite X Men villains. Ooh, nice. Yeah, he's a good one. I think the MCU should use him as a villain if they're not doing Krakoa. Yeah, they I think he's a good really, one. I hope the MCU does things with the X Men that we haven't seen before. I hope the MCU just fucking stops sucking balls. Yeah. Who knows, man? It's so I have no faith. I'm jaded. We have no faith. Ooh. What was up? Okay, there's an issue in the omnibus. Who's the dude? He's like the British assassin guy. Phantom X? Phantom X. Yeah, who the fuck is that guy? I've never he, heard of that character. He came about in, uh, was it in Grant Morrison? Yeah, also a new X-Men from Grant Morrison. Yeah, he comes out he comes out later in New X-Men and he's like in that X-Force run we've been talking about doing for years now. Um yeah. Let's just do it. Oh, he's a main character. He's one yeah. of the main characters. Uh What's his mutant ability? Is he a mutant? Or he's not? a weapon he's X. Kind of like, he's like Wolverine. Yeah, he's kind of like Deadpool. Or, uh, Deadpool yeah, Wolverine, he has hard yeah. Deadpool vibes. Also like hard Deadpool slash the way he talks Constantine vibes, you know? Yeah, the exactly. British Constantine. Well, vibes. I think, yeah. isn't he supposed to be French in the comics, I think? Or is his act Belgium? Belgium? Yeah, Belgium. But like also, also like every so often people will be like, oh, you sound like this. No, you sound like that. Like what kind of accent are you doing, man? Like he doesn't Flemish. They yeah, say you sound Flemish. 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 His one shot in this omnibus actually gives a good background of who he is, like better than most comics actually would, because yeah. you don't really know too much about him. Yeah, I liked his issue, honestly. And that weird, it wasn't the vault, right? It was like a different dimension thingy? No, it is the pocket the city. dimension. Yeah, it's called like the city. Yeah. And I think the vault is within the city. Yes. But it's kind Wait. of like the same thing. It's like they're in the same place. Like the vault is a place in the city. And, like, time moves differently in the city. Like, when they leave, like, it may be years, but in the city, it's, like, hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, those were some cool issues when they send uh, X-23, Darwin, and I forget who else. Children of the Vault. Children of the Vault, yeah. Oh, those were my favorite issues, too. Those issues are sick. I do like that story. 
Dude, what a yeah. devastating storyline. And it was so crazy that, like, time, like, they've been there for 100 years, even though on the yeah. outside they're gone for, like, two weeks, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's so devastating. Devastating. <laughs> yeah, dude. They get fucked up, like, mentally, physically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Darwin's always getting fucked up. They dude, always Darwin fuck up Darwin is always getting fucked He's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. I, I like Darwin. I think his mutant ability is a cool concept, but. I also, yeah. I just. They always nerf him. My, yeah, they nerf him. I also just feel like, if I'm being honest, I I understand the need for the characters, but it's hard to, like, care past the, like, OG 12. You know what I mean? In terms of mutants? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I do, like, I get what you're saying, but, like, I don't know. While I don't, like, yeah, while I don't know that much, like, when I was reading the. There's the, just so the much. So much. To do yeah. research on, you know what I mean? There's a lot of mutants. I like the mutant that can talk to the island. Who's that guy? Oh, he's Douglas. The one that, Douglas. Yeah, yeah, he's Cypher. the one that comes up with their language. Cypher. And he has that, weird, Cypher. that weird robot part of his mutant. Yeah. Vision. What is that thing? Well, his name is Warlock. Yeah. Oh. See, like, there's just some things that, like, while I didn't know when reading this, I was like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, like, sometimes you don't need to know all the history. Yeah, like, I just accepted it because I knew. I was like, there's no way I could catch up and figure out what any of this shit is. Yeah. Yeah, but I love X-23, so I, I really like that she was a big part of it. I love X-23, too. Yeah. Well, she's considered uh, Wolverine in this, isn't she? She's Wolverine. You're right. She is Wolverine. Yeah, she is Wolverine. And Sink, I didn't know too much about, but I really liked his story. I really liked how he's part of the team. And they're like, give you those like info files. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. one of those information like data pages. And you're like, we don't, they're like, we don't really know his peak anymore. Like ever since we resurrected him, you know, he's showing like higher and higher Off levels of charts. power. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I started to like him because I'm like, damn, he's a cool mutant. And then their story, like Cody's saying, is so devastating. It's like winds up being a love story with him and Wolverine. Yeah. And they're like constantly on the run in this weird like techno city, yeah, crazy killer robots. Yeah, the, the whole vault shit is crazy. I don't quite get it. Like, what is it? Is it man? It's confusing. Is it so? Like, the vault is like a, a self replicating thing, but it starts off, I think, as something that Hydra maybe made or AIM. Like, I think it's AIM. Yeah, wasn't the I think vault it's AIM. at uh, the one? Cassandra Nova thing in South America, the that they shut down. I think that's where it is. Yeah, yeah. The forge. Yeah, the forge or whatever. At the the Sentinel Forge, where it's that Sentinel covered in vines. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's definitely part of it. Like that's yeah. part of the technology. Yeah. So they they try to take out mutants. Like they, it's really hard to fuck with the children of the vault. They're a powerful team, you know. Like the yeah. mutants have a hard time dealing with them, and they could evolve faster than the mutants ever could. Yeah. That's why they're hard to beat. Dude, that's sick. Children of the Vault. Yeah, I when reading that, I didn't quite get it, but I liked uh, the. I liked the. Yeah, there were. I mean, it's definitely one of those that, like, while reading the omnibus, I was like, I wish I could just like know more about what else is going on in the series. You know what I mean? Well, it what leaves else? Holes. I, I've read a lot of it. I'm just saying, like, well, let me try to fill some holes. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, uh, get in that omnibusy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Call you Shia LaBeouf because you're up in these holes. A <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> uh, little sidebar, actually. This is because because of holes. Holes is one of my favorite books when I read it as a kid. It's a great one. When I saw the movie, I really disliked it. Because in the, in the book, I don't know if you remember, the kid 
who they nickname Caveman when he goes there. Caveman, he, yeah. He's nicknamed Caveman because he's like a, a, a fat, stocky kid. So as a fat, stocky kid, when reading it, I was like, cool, this is me. And then seeing skinny-ass Shia LaBeouf be called Caveman, uh. <laughs> I was like, boo, that's, that takes away a lot. So, that takes away Joe Pesci's. At a young yeah, age, you're oh, taking away Joe Pesci's. I'd, I would give the Holes the book six Joe Pesci's easy peasy. I still have it to this day. Nice. It's, what about Holes the movie? Holes oh, yeah. the movie? I mean, I do like it, to be honest, but I can't <laughs> give it a six. I cannot give it a six just because of that. So what would you give it? Hmm, maybe like four, eight, or five. Okay, that's fair. It's just not a perfect movie. It's just not a perfect, but Holes is the perfect book. Nice. The perfect book ever written. So would you say it's your favorite book? Holes, I would put Holes in my top 10 favorite books I've ever read. No bullshit. Nice. No nice. bullshit. That's crazy. I've never read Holes. Oh, I've read it. Read in sixth grade. It's awesome. I think I chose something else in sixth grade. I think my sixth grade thing might have been like Ender's Game or something like that. Ender's Game I is never, a great I book. Never, I never read Ender's Game. It's a banger. Nice. I don't remember what I was reading in sixth grade. Remember in eighth grade? Yeah, not at all. Eighth grade, we read Great Gatsby. Nice. Sixth grade was nine eleven for me, so don't let me, don't, don't bring that <laughs> up. For me. Eighth grade was nine eleven for me, but we oh, still had well, time to. Live. Before we get back into X Men, I want to. I think it's time for my dark secret. <laughs> we weren't. We weren't even getting back into <laughs> X. Oh, I know. I felt like we needed re- to talk a little more about X Men because there's the whole omnibus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. We're just, yeah, I we, said sidebar. Oh, but I just wanted to. I think it's time for a dark secret. Oh, you're ready. Okay, you're ready. Whoa. If, you know what? The fact that you interrupted us tells us that you really need to get this off your chest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let it out. Let okay. it out. Really, yeah, guys, before we uh, keep talking about X-Men, even though we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I need there to be some positivity to gain that everyone. I fucked up. As your a, dark secret is positive? No, I need to gain some. I need room for positivity afterwards, so uh, I need to get it out oh, now okay. before we get to the end. Okay. I need to redeem myself <laughs> throughout the episode. <laughs> okay, so uh, I traumatized my kid for a long time because as a parent, when he was like six years old, he came home one day and was like, I love Freddy. I love Freddy. Freddy's so scary. I love Freddy. Who's Freddy? During that time, there was an internet craze that I had not yet heard about called Five Nights at Freddy's video game craze okay i've heard of that it's like a horror video game yeah about like how like it takes place at like a chuck e cheese thing and the animatronics come to life on weekends and you have to play the security guard (laughs) oh shit yeah (laughs) it sounds fucked already yeah so but chaos talking about all of how much he loves freddy i hadn't heard of this game yet so I'm like, oh, my son loves Freddy Krueger. And so I was like, yo, I was like, yo, you love Freddy. I love Freddy. Let's enjoy that love together. And so, <laughs> oh, no. and so I sat my six-year-old son down and put on the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Oh, my God. You you put a what? six-year-old down and watched, <laughs> made him watch the first one, which is like the scariest. The hardcore yeah. One. yeah, the scariest one. He didn't get far in my defense. Um, (laughs) (laughs) your honor he didn't get (laughs) (laughs) but I thought he was talking about loving the scary thing Freddy and that was the only thing I knew and I was like oh you love it I guess you know what you're talking about (laughs) you're six you have to know what's going on and so I let him watch 
and it wasn't until like two or three years ago. I really like he was any time he even thought about scary things. No interest. Uh, like it, he just like uh, he was a scared young man. Damn. Because you showed him a nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. At six years old. At six years old. Yeah. I can see why that would traumatize a kid. <laughs> that, that is a dark secret. That's almost it's pretty, dark. <laughs> it's pretty dark. I'd be very wary of releasing that. <laughs> hey, he's turned out all right. Yeah, he's cool. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. Is he still afraid of Freddy to this day? Freddy Krueger? I don't, we haven't watched it. I, I should ask him. He, should ask we, him. we've joked about it, about me doing that as a parent. You uh, need to watch it together now and just get over it. Yeah. Like it's, it, he has to come, uh, exposure. It's like therapy. when Bruce Wayne is afraid of bats. Like the, he's yeah. afraid of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. He needs to cosplay as Freddy and then he'll definitely be. Yeah. Offering. Just surprise <laughs> him. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street? The, that, like, Jackie one? Earl Haley. Yeah. Or Jackie one? Earl Haley. Yeah. No. I liked it. It was I. It wasn't anything nearly as no, good as the OG. But it, was, but it was, wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't as, also wasn't as good as the Friday the 13th remake that came out around that time. It also wasn't as good as Freddy vs. Jason. Ooh. <laughs> Freddy vs. Jason. That I remember movie that movie. That was not great. Well, we should do that in October. We should do that. I love that movie. Dude, do you really? I just, yeah, I do. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I saw hilarious. that in theaters. I saw it in theaters. One of my favorites. That's my first Freddy movie. I don't love that movie. Well, hey, you know what? We don't just do things you love, Cody. Ah. Yeah. No, that's fine. Anyway, <laughs> that's my dark secret. Let's Very good. Nice. Very good. That's it. Uh, I was a terrible parent once, guys. Don't <laughs> learn from me. Don't show a six-year-old child <laughs> a nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one to remember. Anyways, how about those wacky mutants? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do like, and I think that they covered this in probably House of X, Powers of X, but I think it, I like understood it more. And I think I understood it more also while reading Immortal X-Men. I didn't realize like in order to keep this like sentient island alive, it takes like a life, a little bit of life force from every mutant living there. Yeah. But just enough so that they won't like die or weaken or anything. Yeah, I thought that was a cool detail. Yeah, I like that too. So that technically, like everyone living there is getting like at least five percent of their life force put into the island. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. Yeah, it's a cool detail because like Krakoa, while it is helping them in a lot of ways, it's not really under. It's just it's like under control. It's not really like a complete one hundred percent. Like the guy that talks to him, Cipher, is communicating, but it's not like necessarily one to one communication. Like. Yeah. Krakoa is traditionally an X-Men villain, like the sentient island that tries to kill them and, and take their life force, you know? Like, so it's cool that like while they're living on it and stuff like that, it's still something that could come into play later on. Okay, so that's another thing I've been a little confused with going back to things where you could possibly fill in. What's the deal with the other island where that white dude is on you know the the one apocalypse talks that to joins Krakoa. yeah Araco, yeah yeah Araco, yeah so the two islands used to be one island something split it apart like this giant sword like you're not really sure what wow. it is and they're separate now so like they kind of have their own society and they have shit going on where they're dealing with like these demons from another dimension and apparently like when what's this the deal island with apocalypse and them 
Right. So like the when the island was one, Apocalypse was part of that. He's the oldest mutant, Apocalypse. Oh yeah, like he's, you're right. Okay. You know, like he's been around for a long time, and like his wife is is like I guess it's a newer character, Genesis, and we learn about her and that she's actually the one that stayed behind on this island. And she she's basically helping run shit there. But like that island is like, they're always fighting for survival in a way different from the X-Men are, I guess I want to say on earth, but I guess this place is kind of on earth. I'm not entirely sure, but um, it's just a different island where mutants Her- live. They're mutants not too. on earth? No, it's on earth. I'm sorry. I'm just, okay. it's just so different than... Yeah. It was, I guess it was in a different dimension. Like it just kind of popped up again. Remember like once yeah. they're just like, Oh, Arako appeared. Um, and then there's this whole side series called X of swords where it starts to come into play way more. Uh, but Jonathan Hickman is a part of that too, but those issues aren't included here. Okay. So it kind of like interrupts some of this stuff and then it picks up again. I think there's an issue where Cyclops is talking about how the islands are like not getting along. Yeah. But that like they started moving closer to each other. Right. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because there's a problem that there's a lot of mutants now because there's mutants on that island who now are, like, going to be together with Krokoan mutants. Like, it just creates a whole new problem that mutants didn't prepare for when Krokoa was a thing. So it it just uh, adds a wrinkle. Israel-Palestine conflict going on here. (laughs) Yeah. You think that's what it's like? I don't know. (laughs) Who is that one pale creature? Yeah, the, the... the white-haired, white looking. Yeah, he's just like some, like Jonathan Hickman, I swear to God, he just loves having characters that are like black and white like that. And this dude is just like a summoner. He's just part of that group of mutants on the other island. And he just has kind of like magical powers. But you know he's not a good guy. He's just really weird and creepy. Yeah, he's a creepy little fuck. But he's definitely not on the side of the X-Men. That's for sure. Psh, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I don't like him. But it's cool that like... W- because I read this like a little bit ago. Was there a flashback when it has like Apocalypse and his horsemen on Arako when they were like? Yeah. Yeah. Because those are his kids, the horsemen, the yeah, original yeah. horsemen. So his kids are on that island too. Yeah. That's cool. His wife and kids. He left them behind. I wonder if that white dude, is that one of his kids or not? That's his grandson actually. Oh. Yeah. Yep. That's what I just remembered. Yeah. That's his grandson. Okay. Like, he really respects Apocalypse. But also, yeah. like, kind of his... Apocalypse has... They, they think he's gotten a little soft because he's not oh, completely, like, I am Apocalypse, killing yeah. everybody and taking over the world, you know? They're, they just see life as war. That's the whole difference about... But that's the cool thing. Like, X-Men are always at war. They're always fighting for survival. They just don't see it that way. Facts. Yeah. Fighting for survival, fighting to have an identity... I do like this about the omnibus, you know, and especially with the whole like them being brought back to life. Yeah, like I feel like identity plays a huge role. Yeah, in this, like in this, in this one, Mystique is very obviously coming from House of X powers. She's very openly lesbian mm-hmm. with Destiny. Yeah, with Destiny, they have, they have a really important relationship that they they focus on, which is yeah. really cool. I feel yeah. like it really late leads into like the mutants being things like queer and trans or like religious and. Or like it's he does give each mutant a very distinct identity. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, I agree. And I love it. Because that's what makes the X-Men cool is like they all have different costumes. They're all like differently motivated, but they're all like binded through their oppression by like human society. Yeah. So, and that's cool. Jonathan Hickman is a good writer. I really like his writing. He even gives us the issue where it's just about Vulcan, who's Cyclops' brother, Cyclops and Havoc's brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
He's like on the moon, right? Yeah, and his whole thing was that he used to be super evil. He was like taking over space. He was like basically king of space and just like <laughs> fucking shit up. Just like an insane dude. Like imagine having like Cyclops' powers, but like you could just use it however you want. Like you don't necessarily need to shoot it out of your eyes. Like you could just be powered up like Super Saiyan basically. But shoot um, my dick. Yeah, pretty much actually. Like super <laughs> undefeatable too. But he just kind of explodes and disappears. But I guess he's not dead. He comes back here and he's like, good. But he talks about like the fire inside of him. That's all he keeps talking about. And that's like so much so that during his issue, uh, the girls that are with him are like, we know, we know you've got a fire burning inside. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like he's partying hard with these two other mutants who I don't really know who they are. But they're just constantly partying, doing drugs. Yeah, but he, he, he was clapping cheeks. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He had a pretty he sweet wasn't, mutant life. It wasn't filling that void. Yeah. Grateful the X-Men are always kind of horny. Okay. That too, that's highlighted here. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of sex in, in the X-Men universe. Thank God. The mutants made three laws on Krakow. It's murder no man, this land is sacred, and make more mutants. Ooh. And Nightcrawler made that rule, make more mutants. He's like, Ooh. we got to bang more. Yeah, I mean, especially because, like, <laughs> since the X-Men does lean so into hev- heavily into, like, oh, we're the dominant species, it's like you get there by procreating more, you know? Yep, and they need to. And they need to, yeah. Because their population they need to, has been they lower. See the future that they lose. Yep. They need yeah. to, like, build up their numbers. But in a fucked up way, that's just more people for an Xavier army, you know? It's just like... Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I like too. Is like people seem to be like pretty critical of Xavier. Yep. In his in his role as a leader on Krakoa. Yeah. Like not everyone thinks he's like as altruistic as he thinks he is. Right. Because he definitely has his own motivations, and he's yeah, secretive I mean, not, about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. He just plays things close to the chest. That was the really cool thing about the Mystique issue, where she knows. Okay, so Destiny says to Mystique in the past, there's a flashback. Destiny tells Mystique, she's like, there's going to be a point where we have an island, but you need to resurrect me. They're not going to let you. Do whatever you can to resurrect me. If you do whatever you can to resurrect me and they still say no, burn it all down. That's what she tells Mystique. Yeah. So we get like this cool scene where Xavier and Magneto are like, all right, Mystique, if you do this mission to us, we'll resurrect Destiny. If she goes to Orcus in space and takes out Nimrod... Right, but she fails. But she fails, yeah. She, she fails dies. hard. Yeah, she, she fails and she dies. Yep. And so Magneto and Xavier are like, too bad, not resurrecting your yeah. wife, Mystique. Sorry about and that. They, and they knew she would fail. Right, they knew it. They knew it. They knew it. They're so sinister in that way in this in and this run. They're really, like, that's what I like about, like, Hickman's run on the X-Men is, like, it's not even sinister. They just kind of have, like, Hickman gives the X-Men universe, like, Game of Thrones political vibes mm. where it's, like, someone's always trying to one-up the other through like shady side deals, like with Mr. Sinister or, you know, Magneto and Xavier, it feels like there's a lot of like political pulling of strings and manipulation going on. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I was getting about big vibes. Yeah. Especially that's what's so cool about the UN episode. It's like, that's a hard, like political thriller vibe type of issue. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it worked really well. And then like the scene in the hallway when like Xavier telepathically is like Cyclops, they're coming to kill us. And Cyclops and the other dude, Gorgon, like take out the the security guards. Like that should sick. Yeah. That's like born identity shit, which is also like political thriller and whatnot. Yeah. 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 The X-Men work really well when they do like special ops missions like that. Yeah. Also, I don't know when you fucking take them seriously and make them like actual, like, like when people shit on comic books for not being anything 
real. And it's like, no, like the X-Men are, the X-Men is so real. Lore is so relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Know what else I like to cut? Like there's a event that happens called Empire. And this, there's a couple issues where it ties into it a little bit, but like these weird plant creatures invade Krakoa. Oh, I remember. And Magneto fucks them up. That issue's sick. I love the way he fucks them up. Yeah. He fucking murders them. The plant aliens, yeah. right? Don't he they come from space? Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. hits them with a, he brings a satellite down on them. Yep. Yeah. Well, he kills the leader with a satellite. Right. Like he, the leader thinks they're negotiating and Magneto's like, no, I already told you. The whole thing. Yeah, this is a, yeah. Hey, that, that scene is cool. That scene is also cool because he starts off. I remember he's floating naked in his like part of the island. And then they're like, Magneto, we have an invasion. And he like, mm, like puts on his helmet and everything and goes yep. to war. It's also cool that. When it's he, like his war helmet. Yeah, yeah. it's not the white it's and black. It's not the white one, the, yeah. <laughs> when he fights, he wears the OG like purple and pink or you know red outfit. Yep. Yeah, I like that a lot. I was like, oh, my man's going for the blood, blood it's armor right detail, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It's a great detail, yeah. It is a great blood detail. Armor. And I caught it right away. I was like, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hickman does a lot of cool details for the X-Men. Yeah, and then and that's it. And then Hickman is done with this run, and he that was kind of his time on Krakoa. Um, after this, they do oh, another. We could do this mini series. It's only four issues. It's called Inferno. I have it. I read it. I liked it. Oh, nice. So we should do Inferno too. So Inferno is kind of Mystique sending a pay like payback to uh, Xavier and Magneto, but X- Xavier and Magneto dealing with Nimrod or trying to deal with Nimrod once and for all, and it all gets fucked up. It's yeah. such a good series. It's great. Nimrod fucks them up. He fucks them up, but that's actually the end of Hickman. It's not included in this, but that's really the end of Hickman's time on X-Men. Oh, that's cool. For now. Because I already read Inferno. I have it. And yeah, you're right. That whole scene. Yeah. And th- doesn't Magneto. Stop. Magne- oh, sorry. Stop. I'll stop. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's really good, though. Highly recommend Cody, it. Cody, you got to read these cool things, man. Hey, man. One day I'll have money again. And just <laughs> won't be going to LA again for at least a while. <laughs> a year? You said you're going to make it an annual thing. No, I actually, I'm. I hear if I come out in the winter, it'll be way cheaper. Dude, do it. You might have to. Yeah, it might be like eighty bucks a flight versus like two fifty or whatever. Nice. Like when? Like from Pittsburgh in like December, January. Nice. 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 You should do it's it. It's actually super cheap. Yeah. Um, fuck yeah. Yeah, no, I like that Jonathan Hickman, he like, he pays attention to his writing and to the universe that he has to like build and expound upon. Is it like he, I don't know, it's cool that he like, it feels like he respects the lore that is the X-Men. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. He really does. He does. But he also adds these sci-fi elements that really expand the yeah, universe. Yeah, this is a uh, X-Men. They always dabble in sci-fi, but this one was a little sci-fi heavy. Yeah, did you not like it? Oh, I liked it, but I didn't like it as much as the like I didn't like the stuff involving the aliens as much as I liked all of the stuff about Krakoa and the ones we talked about being our favorite issues. You know what I mean? I agree. That's fine. Oh, because we didn't talk about the Shi'ar. Not the, the Shi'ar. Shi'ar, the uh, the guard. Or is it the Shi'ar, the Guardians? Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's, it's, it's those, those women, the, the old women, right? Oh, that the horticulture ladies. The those horticulture are, that's a great, women. That's a great issue. <laughs> yeah. A, I, I love that, that team. <laughs> I love that team, actually. Who the fuck are those women? They are super smart human scientists that are basically the golden girls <laughs> in the X-Men <laughs> universe. They're new. <laughs> It is totally the Golden Girls. <laughs> they're new for this series. Like they're not evil straight up, but they they just 
you know, they, I mean, they're they badass. didn't like the mutants. They literally said, like, oh, fucking dirty mutants, we're going to kill you. But they were like old grandmas. Oh, yeah, true. But but they, they pop up again. There's like a mini series where the so those plants that are invading, it's part of this event called Empire. And there's the X-Men tie in heavily involved them. OK, but but I like them because they are like the X-Men can't fuck with them. <laughs> like you would think the X-Men could beat this team of old women, but <laughs> yeah. they couldn't. They really couldn't. I mean, no, but you're right. It's because they're literally the Golden Girls, but enhanced robotically. Exactly. Which, yeah. you know, would be unstoppable. Yeah, that's insane. You couldn't stop that, and they yeah, couldn't. You would not be able to stop <laughs> robotically enhanced Golden Girls. It would be over. What if the Golden Girls get resurrected as AI? <sighs> oh, my God. Like the FDR AI? <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. FDR AI. <laughs> Golden Girl AI. Oh, oh my God. I'm picturing, like, cyborg Superman-esque, but, like, with the Golden Girls. <laughs> Betty White. Yeah, like, yeah. Betty White has, like, the Terminator red eye and, like, a blue <laughs> Oh, no. That would suck. Betty Yayo, how could you? Betty Yayo. (laughs) (laughs) Betty Yayo 2069. (laughs) (laughs) The the ultimate killer. Watch out, Nimrod. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Who would win that fight? (laughs) Who would win that fight? I'm giving it to... uh, Betty Ayo. Betty Ayo. 2069. I'll give it to Betty Ayo also. Yeah, Betty Ayo for sure. Okay, but so, okay, so we put Betty Ayo 2069 as the ultimate enemy for the X-Men, right? <laughs> She's so unstoppable. So we have to draft a squad Ooh. of X-Men. It's the comics and chronic X, like we're the new Xavier Magneto apocalypse. <laughs> okay, we're doing that. I like that. Wait, time Who out. are we? Wait, whoa, 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 Who's who? Who's who? I feel like Anthony, you're Xavier. I, yeah, I guess I'm. I'm Xavier. That's me. That's it. I'm Xavier, <sighs> except the mantle. Yeah, I'll be Magneto and Cody. You seem you, apocalypse. Like, yeah. Cody's apocalypse. Nice. He's immortal. Cody's apocalypse. Yeah, he's immortal. <laughs> can't be, literally can't be killed. Right? <laughs> if you want to be resurrected as a mutant with your powers, again, you have, you to, have fight to fight Cody. me. Yeah, you have to fight Cody. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Shit. <laughs> if you want to be a guest on Comics and Chronic, you have to fight <laughs> with, a <sword. laughs> with a sword. And then, and then I bring you out of an egg and say, "Stand, my child." <laughs> <laughs> and then we hand you a mic and headphones. Okay, so we're drafting a squad against Betty Yeo 2069. How many slots on this squad do we get? Five. Five? Five. Let's do seven. Let's do five. I like seven. Let's do seven. Let's do seven. seven. We get we get two each, and then there's like the final one. We all have to vote on one. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Two each. Who starts it off? Xavier, who who better than you? Yeah, Xavier. Yeah, this is your dream that you've come up with. <laughs> okay, so we're going against a robotic type enemy. Betty Yayo twenty sixty nine. Betty Yayo twenty sixty nine. You know what? I'm gonna go with Forge. Forge Ooh. is like the tech guy that you need to deal with that shit and create something to have an offense. So I'm gonna go with Forge. I respect that. I respect that. Okay. You want I'm me to go? go? Okay, you, you go. go. You go. You want me to go? You go. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'll go. And I'm going to go. I want 
I want a uh, powerhouse, but I also powerhouse. I also oh, no. oh sorry, <laughs> uh, but I also want agility. I want somebody that's going to be hard to put down, and I want a woman because I know this is going to be a male heavy roster. I'm going <laughs> for Wolverine X twenty three. Hell Ooh, yes. Interesting. Great choice. That is a good choice. Okay, that's a good choice. You pick the robot, and then you pick... Who'd you pick, Anthony? I got Forge. Forge, yes. Yeah, those are all good. Okay. I'm going to go... Huh, this is a hard one. Also, I want a powerhouse, and I'm going a lot based off of his older portrayals in which Apocalypse can literally turn his limbs into, you know, biomechanical, like, robotic shit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Apocalypse on this squad. Nice, you're drafting Apocalypse. Drafting me. I'm drafting Cody. Oh, (laughs) I didn't even know that was an option. But okay. (laughs) Okay, so let's see. We got a tactical technology technology dude. We got powerhouse. We got two powerhouses, but like Apocalypse is like. Here's my next question. Yeah. Yeah. Should we do this before we keep? go back into picking should we do this draft snake style jake goes again then me then anthony that's cool and then the final decision nice i like that all right i am huh on this i'm trying to think of like who are the other mutants that are portrayed in this think omega level oh yeah you're right i gotta go omega level i i wanted to choose emma frost honestly that's a banger of a choice Mm. i like it you need a psychic yeah because she might not be able to tap into the robotic side of Betty Ayo 2069, but she, <laughs> <laughs> but like what humanity is left of her, she could probably you know reach some temporal. Yeah, fucking- but dude, <laughs> any humanity that was left in Betty Ayo died while she was slinging that rock, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so are you saying I shouldn't choose Emma Frost? No, no, I like I'm it saying, because I like better, Emma Frost. I who just, better to crack the heart of a robotic golden girl than a diamond woman? Exactly. And Emma Frost is hard as shit. Yeah. Exactly. Talk about slinging that rock. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Emma Frost is that blood diamond. <laughs> Cody? Um, okay, so it's my turn. Your turn. Um... Nightcrawler, easy money. Ooh. We need a teleporter. That's true. I like that. And I like Nightcrawler. I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit the bong real quick. I like okay. in, in the newer versions, Nightcrawler is growing horns right now. Anthony, do you want me to wait on you to oh you're hitting you can smoke inside again. Yeah. Oh shit, yeah. Whoa, Anthony's cool again. Yeah. <laughs> This is a Patreon exclusive, you guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is just like things change for the X-Men on Krakoa. Things are changing for Comics and Chronic right now. Always. <laughs> Always changing. The hierarchy is changing. Except for like the past four or five episodes, I've been doing that exact thing. <laughs> I did not see you until now. But yeah, well, also, I'm the night most of, of those thing, episodes... Like, but most of those episodes, we were also in one place, distracted by each other's presence. Let's yeah, see. sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, sorry. Who do we have again? We have Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, Apocalypse, Emma Frost, Forge. X-23. X-23. So we got so that's five. Anthony's and then one more. And then we have to vote like the council. You know? yes. Yeah. You know what? 
We need Storm up in there. Ooh, I like that. A nice okay. fucking lightning bolt straight to Betty Yayo's dome. <laughs> I think it's over. I don't know. Dude, if the Betty horticulture... She's like Nimrod <laughs> yeah, level power. Yeah, Betty Yayo is like what Nimrod wished he could be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude, okay. Before can I, before we vote on this, I want to help. I want to develop what I think Betty Yayo's background should Ooh, be. Okay, okay let's okay. hear it. Yeah, yeah. I got an idea. Okay, Betty Yayo is that not actually Betty White. Oh, Betty Yayo is one of those. You remember in like the two thousands, they would make like media characters on T shirts, like covered in chains, like SpongeBob or you know. <laughs> Betty yes. Yayo is a Betty White one of those shirts that gains AI sentience oh my and God. slowly becomes Dude, I like this, that. this super powered uh, crack dealing Betty White <laughs> android human creature. <laughs> yes. Like X-Men to defeat I like that it's the hood t-shirt thing. <laughs> 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 uh, I know uh, you can use I that in your universe, Jake. <laughs> I know, I do like that backstory, honestly. Because <laughs> I remember it would be like Bugs Bunny, but like with a blunt and like chains. Yeah. And, yeah I remember exactly. And stories. it would say something like, if you see the police, warn a brother. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. If you see Betty Yayo, warn a mutant. Warn a mutant. That's awesome. <laughs> the new Magneto was right. If you see Betty Yayo, warn a mutant. Yeah. 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 Okay, so who's our number seven then? Okay, so we got to vote. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's just, we don't, we should just talk, have an open conversation. It's kind of crazy that Magneto's not on this team. I, because if I was we have a robot, Magneto. can he pull it apart? Yeah, that's what Betty I Betty Yayo, if, if Magneto can't do that to Nimrod, he can't do that to Betty Yayo. Oof, that's true. Who said he can't do that to Nimrod, though? The comics. Well, Nimrod does fuck they him up. They said it. Yeah, Nimrod no, fucks him it. up. In Inferno, he fucks Xavier and Magneto. You're right. Okay, so that's too easy then to just be like Magneto, ma magnet powers can yeah. somehow do well, that. Because, yeah, if, if Nimrod can withstand Magneto's powers, then surely Betty Yeo can. Exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. Who was a cloth shirt brought to life and <laughs> <laughs> used <Yes>. with android <laughs> and, and, But also human flesh. Like somebody, yeah. ooh. Somebody like Frankenstein <laughs> combined her Franken with Betty White. Frankenstein. Oh my god. I like god. that. Frankenstein. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I feel like that's like if Frankenstein was a fucking yeah. <laughs> another character for your universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, but uh, like somebody Frankenstein's this uh, this cloth shirt that becomes android infused, also with 
the corpse of Betty White. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. 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 And believes she is Betty White. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> believes she's Betty White. And we'll stop at nothing to become the perfect Betty White. Perfect Betty White. And, and like somewhere uh, along the way, like Ultron, she realizes that like man is the, that she could never be the perfect Betty White as long as man continues. So yeah. She like <laughs> oh, becomes shit. a killing machine. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Come to find story. out, she'll never be a perfect Betty White because Betty White was already perfect. Ooh. And then she's like, no. Yeah! <laughs> That's like how they defeat her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Even... <laughs> the team, yeah, the team is no match physically. Yeah. Somebody, somebody says that very line. And you're like, they start like short circuit. They're like, no. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I think. I know you guys just said Magneto. I don't think Magneto. I think while there are, this team is so full of leaders uh-huh. it needs and deserves the best field leader x-men has had and that's scott summers cyclops cyclops okay i'll yeah I'll, I'll, I'll vote cyclops anthony you don't sound too enthused who would you propose it's not that he's like bad to have on the team but just like all he could do is you know shoot lasers out of his eyes there's so many other mutants. But he's so you know? much more than that. No, he is. He is. Like, well, in leader on. alone. Since this is a council meeting, someone can propose a different candidate. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Anthony. I don't want to sacrifice Cyclops in this Anthony of the, of the fall council? <laughs> <laughs> the fall council? Yeah. What's your vote? Um, you propose? I'm definitely summer council. Ooh, yeah. You're summer council. Really? Okay, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Summer's my favorite season. I don't identify with other seasons. Me too. <laughs> I don't. I, I'd, I'd take spring, honestly. Oh, okay. Anthony! If Anthony spring. spring, I'll take fall. All right, I'll take summer. Okay. Because because here's also what we're not thinking about. Why can't we put a villain up in there? Some like crazy motherfucker. You know what I mean? We, we can. That's I mean, what we do. That, apocalypse. That's apocalypse. And Emma Frost has been villainous at a time. Yeah, but I mean like a straight, like someone like, I'm not saying Sabretooth, but, you know, throwing Sabretooth okay. up there, you know. Yeah, but what does Sabretooth have to contribute? Insanity. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes in order to fight something so insane, you got to get a little Was Betty, Betty Yeo 2069? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Betty Yeo is like a child of the vault in this scenario. <laughs> yeah. Just always evolving and becoming yeah, more powerful. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where Betty Yeo is from. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Like the t-shirt like yeah. flew in. There. Yeah, somebody, <laughs> somebody due to littering, it somehow got... Into the ended vaults, up, and the vault oh, made this amalgam of fucking shit. Yeah. What and the vault evolved. thinks Betty Ayo is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it evolves. Oh, my God. A, a cargo plane, right? It was carrying donations to a, a South American village, and <laughs> part of it was, was those t-shirts plus the Golden Girls on VHS. Ooh. And the, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right, well. What about someone who we've seen in the omnibus who can survive the craziness that is the vault? Uh, Phantom X. Ooh, Phantom X. I don't hate that. I like that way more than Sabretooth. Yeah. Or what no, about Exodus? Yeah, 
I kind of like but Exodus. Exodus is in, is like he's insanely powerful, but I'm never really quite sure what he does. Exactly, I agree with that <laughs> entire sentence. That's how I felt reading <laughs> the whole thing. I, like, I don't get what his powers are, but I do get that he's supposed to be really powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you can't like like Cyclops would die if you fought him. Yeah, like he's a bigger villain. He's like a really Catholic Christian dude too, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like ultimate altar boy. <laughs> the ultimate altar boy. <laughs> Evil Anthony. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's, that's your cyborg version. Yeah, that's me, Exodus. UAB, <laughs> ultimate altar boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> UAB AI, ultimate <laughs> altar boy, boy Anthony. Anthony and I Oh, God. That's Our universe villain. is growing exponentially today. Yeah. <laughs> Matt and Betty Yayo 2069, is our, that's our, the, the Orcus of our universe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Dude, maybe Chronic Jarvis is the only one. Who, our original AI. Oh, we have to get him on our side. Yeah. No, I bet you he jo- he betrays us and joins yeah. Orcus. See, I feel like oh. if anything, it would be like more of like an Ultron aggressive takeover of Chronic yeah. Darkness. But yeah. like somewhere deep in our archives, he's like, I am still here. Like we, oh, do- dude, I bet <laughs> Betty Yayo could do just do that with her. Mind. She could just oh, like absolutely, yeah. So the, damn, who's the seventh mutant that's gonna just be like, Nah, I got this. This is a tough one, you guys. So Jake's is Phantom X. Anthony, I mean, do you I'm not s- necessarily committed to fan? I can, I'm, I don't, I'm not it. committed to Cyclops, but I think we do need a leader. I think there's so much power that you need somebody in going into this that you need somebody who's good at leading to who's, make sh- make it effective. Who's the girl? She's on the council. God, what's her name? Jean. No, not Jean. <laughs> I know. Um, no, it's like fuck. There's another female in the council. It's not Mystique. It's not. Emma, it's not Shadow Cat. Is that who it is? Shadow Cat? Is she in the red coat? Yes. Is that who you're thinking of? Yeah, that's Shadow Cat. That's Kitty Pride. Oh, that's Kitty Pride. Yeah, you're right. Eh, never mind. Fuck her. (laughs) (laughs) I like her. I'm not too big of a Kitty Pride fan. She's cool. She's cool in the in this book. Oh man. And she's cool in some books, other books too. In the newest X-Men issue, she fucks shit up. Really? Dude, she she's like a a, a black ops ninja because it's like this whole thing with the fall of X happened. I'm not gonna spoil that, but she's just angry and 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 ready to fuck shit up. And she just shadow casts the fuck out of everybody. Like she phases a gun through a guy's head. Like she just is murdering people left and right. It's pretty insane. That's kind of, that's pretty cool, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. Like her power is pretty OP too. The way she could like intangibly, like, what if she just pulls Betty Yayo You're through right. the floor? You know, maybe yeah. Shadow Cat is the answer. I'm down with Shadow Cat. Um, there's also magic. You know, you guys know ooh, magic. Magic yeah. would be a good one. Magic is cool. And magic was a cool character in this omnibus. Yeah, I really like magic. She's actually one of my favorite mutants. She could just send demons after Betty Yayo. What yeah. is she gonna do against that? Yeah, but maybe, I don't know, you're right. The demons of Limbo versus Betty Yayo? Come on. Betty Yayo has a few demons herself, though. Oh, maybe her demons are stronger. Yeah, exactly. So I really like magic, (laughs) but I actually lean more Shadowcat than magic just because I think Shadowcat, I think we still, even though like Apocalypse, I don't see Apocalypse being the leader. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I I think, I think, so I think Shadowcat, if not Cyclops, I think we need someone who's been 
a leader. I mean, I guess we have Storm. That's a great. She's a great. Yeah, leader. Storm would be the perfect leader, leader, actually. Okay, maybe we don't need a leader then. Maybe we should go Magic. And actually, a lot of them are leaders. Like Magic is a That's war true. captain. Yeah, that but they I'm have just on. I'm just saying, like leaders in the sense that like overarching established leaders. Yeah, <laughs> people that have like gone major runs as oh, Emma the leader. Frost has been leader of the X Men. That's a true. While. That's true. Hey, we got leaders on our squad. What can I say? We got leaders. Leaders on leaders. Okay, well, then who's the last one? But I would pick Storm as the leader. No, I would say Shadowcat. I like her as the last pick, actually. All right, I'm, I'm voting for Shadowcat also. Shadowcat. There we go. Nice. That's our Boom. squad. Shadowcat, Storm, Emma Frost, X-23, uh, Nightcrawler. Apocalypse. 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 Forge. Forge. Yeah. That's a squad. That is That's a, squad. a force. <laughs> That's that a is a force. X force. <laughs> <laughs> that is an X force. Um, well, guys, I think we've hit that next easy. The next easy. Yeah, we're here. I think we covered because there's a lot of good runs in this book. Yeah, it's like a multi-story arc omnibus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think we covered everything, but check but, it out. I think it's really worth reading. Yeah, if I'm you haven't read it. If I, yeah, I'm glad I read it. I'm glad I read it. And I'm still Me continuing too. with the X-Men. Hell yeah. I think everybody should. I want I want to continue. All right. I guess I'll go first. Okay. Go for it. Okay. I liked it a lot. I don't... There's a large part of me that wants to give it a six because it's super enjoyable. It's solid. Even the parts that like... The, the, the some issues that aren't a solid... And even though I don't quite know what certain things is going on, it's still overall very enjoyable. Also, wait, time out. The ending, how this omnibus ends is with, I don't know about, maybe yours guys didn't have it. Mine had like a piece of the Hellfire Gala in it. So my, yeah. oh, okay. My omnibus, yeah. So it ends with when Magneto and Charles are talking to Namor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's such a good conversation. That's a, that's a great conversation, dude. That was oh, scene I love that conversation. Sick. And they're at the Hellfire Gala, and they're talking to Namor, and they're like, yo, like, you are a mutant. We would love to have you. Join the council. Yeah, join the council. And, dude, Namor, in classic Namor fashion, he's like, he's like, I have dominion of 90% of the earth. And he's like, he's like, next time you come to me, offer me something better than a council. Yeah, like a, a, a mere council seat, and it's like Jesus Christ, Namor. You, like, yeah. he's like arrogant insulted. Fuck. Yeah, an arrogant fuck. He's like insulted that that's all they could give him, and not like me, him being like king of lordship. Yeah. yeah, like lordship of Krakoa. You know. Yeah. Oh, uh, Namor also pops up earlier in the Omnibus in the Magneto one shot. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They have a mini adventure. It's Namor and Magneto, which is a team up I never thought of. It's a cool team up. It is a cool yeah. team up. And aren't they also dealing with some island or something? Yeah, because uh, Magneto, Emma Frost wants an island for the gala. Yeah. That's what it becomes. So Magneto uh, gets the island from Namor by like earning his respect, I guess, and yeah. paying him a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but like, yeah, no. In the in the one shot you're talking about, oh my god, that's a, that's such a cool scene. And then Namor is like, you see him. They don't directly say it, but you see Illumi the Illuminati in the background. He's like, I'm gonna join them now. Yeah, I thought that was a cool little detail. Yeah, the, the Hellfire Gala is cool. I just like seeing all the mutant garb, and it's cool. Like if you in the art for the Hellfire Gala, there's like a bunch of celebrities like George R. R. Martin's there. Yes. Patton Oswald. Yes. Uh, Patton Oswald. Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige for sure. When Cyclops is like giving his narration, 
Kevin Feige's like, so tell me your story. <laughs> oh, Mark Marin, I saw. He yes, yeah, I think you're right, Mark Maron. Um, I also the, the Hellfire Gala was a very satisfying end to the omnibus. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Do you guys know what happens right after that? No. So what it's leading into right there is that they're terraforming Mars. So like they have all these extra mutants that just came from Araco. So all the mutants from Araco and anyone from Krakoa that wants to go, they go to Mars and they use all their Omega mutant powers to terraform Mars to make it livable for all the mutants. It's Whoa, crazy. That's cool. Yep. I like that. Yeah. It's really cool. What like what are those issues called? Like so if you get like the like if I were to buy the book, what would it be? Yeah, there's a Hellfire Gala omnibus. So it would have all the tie-ins for the Hellfire Gala and then Planet Size X-Men, it's called, where this oh, happens. It's a one-shot. And then that leads into X-Men Red, because X-Men Red is Storm and the mutants on Mars. It's really cool. I like how Krakoa keeps evolving and how it, it they just come up with new stories. Like Hickman isn't there anymore, um, but he really laid the foundation for what I, it's my favorite era of X Men. I'll say that right now. Like I love everything about Krakoa. Oh, that's not a hot take, and I don't know that I agree, but because I've read all for Krakoa, I'm not. That's not a flex. Yeah. I've just read whatever tie-ins of Krakoa that exist, and the story as a whole is really satisfying. Mm. You know. Okay. They do cool things with X-Men. They I don't know all the X-Men history, but it's I know enough to appreciate it and just feel like this is almost like the definitive X-Men. Like if I wanted to say read X-Men, read this, read House Please. of X Powers of 10. But I'm not going to give this a 6. That's the funny thing. I'm not going to give this a 6. Cuz it's a little all over the place and it's a little hard to follow for certain things if you're not reading everything. Agreed. Yes. And the art can be Hit and miss. Yeah, but I'll say this: uh, that I gave so much spiel already. Five point five. When it's all said and done, five point five. I'm also going to give it a five point five. Whoa! What's crazy is I had a score in mind, <laughs> and I had so much fun talking to you guys about it, and like remembering because I crammed that shit in in a week, in like three three days yeah, in it LA. Like three days. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And uh. So just like sitting and kind of like, uh, it actually boosts. I was actually going to give it a lower score, like a, not too bad, but I, I was, I'm going to go ahead and say 5.2. Nice. That's respectable. What did you guys give Manhattan projects again? Mm, I don't remember. Five. Mm. I gave it a five. I think okay. I think I gave it a five point uh, higher than a five two. I think I gave it a five. Also Hickman. Also yeah. Hickman. I would argue this is better. I gave it a five four maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did like this better. Um, but like, I would also say like those issues, the the Crucible, the Children of the Vault issues, and the UN issue, especially those get sixes from me. Yeah, like, those I issues agree. Especially, I agree. You know? I agree that there are sixes for sure. But they're just like there's definitely sixes sprinkled throughout the omnibus. The whole entire omnibus is not a six. No. Um, I was Fair gonna enough. give it a yeah. four five going oh, wow. into it. And then after talking about it today, I feel confident about my 5-2. Nice. I think you guys would really love Hickman's Avengers. Yeah, you brought it up a few times. I'm down to read it. We should do that at some point. That's a bigger, that's way more than this. Before we do Hickman's Avengers, I want to do 
X Force good. Dude. Oh yeah, X Force. Hell yes. Yeah. I'm ready to do that anytime, any place. Yeah, I've got it. So I've got it physical. Let's get physical, dude. Jake, Let's honestly, you would I know you want to read stuff. If you got the Rick Remender X Force omnibus, you would be happy. Yeah. I know. I got a bunch of stuff to read first though. I'm just saying, keep that in mind. Get that on your deck. I'm, I wouldn't it'll, lead you astray, but it'll be on the back burner. I don't know. You, you led me on Manhattan projects. And you didn't have to buy it. I'm trailing you to trust me with I this know. investment. <laughs> I feel more free. I honestly knew you weren't going to like Manhattan projects as much as me going into it. Yeah. That's okay, though. That is okay. Yeah, we don't have to like everything we read. Exactly. Or agree on it. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, stop trying to pit us against each other. I wasn't. Cody. Okay, but thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Look at how uh, he twirled his mustache like a villain. Like a straight up villain. Thanks for listening, guys, to our Patreon episode. That's what this was. <laughs> so we won't tell you to subscribe to it. You don't have to. You already did. But you guys should tell your friends to subscribe to it. Ooh, yeah, yeah, tell your should. friends to subscribe to it. Because are they even really your friends if they're not? Yeah. Do you want to be... What could you possibly talk to them about? Yeah. Who? Why? What do we think? What are? How? We need to put a stop to these comics and chronic deniers. Deniers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What's wrong with them? Yes. Rise, children of Patreon. Yeah. They yeah. need to go through the crucible. Yeah. Exactly. These comics and chronic deniers. <laughs> <laughs> the comics and chronic crucible would be like you got to hit it. Like hit a dab and then smoke Ooh. a joint to the face and then hit the bong and then smoke a blunt to the face and then chug a beer. <laughs> and then you pass out. And then you and then you wake up hours later and we're just over you. Yeah. Yeah. Also pay us for the weed. You smoked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you are now you are now reborn, but give us some money. <laughs> yeah. Go do all that. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. We appreciate it. And we love you. Let us know what you want to see as a Patreon exclusive episode. Yeah. Give us that. Give us you. You are, you're giving us. Let us do you. You guys are on the council. Something. You get to vote. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Let us know. Let us you know. You can comment on these things and tell us or message us. If, you, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you have that power. Yeah. Yes. Do it. Send us Not a DM does. and say, Patreon subscriber here. We <laughs> want this comic. And unless your tastes are awful, we will listen. We will listen. <laughs> exactly. If you're like, yeah. Dark Knight Strikes Again, we're going to have to be like, don't trust this man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, like along those lines, like what are, what's a comic these three guys might all own? You know, Ooh, like yeah. a classic that we haven't talked about yet, something like that, like a, a true banger. You know, yeah, so, something that you or something that'll be easily attainable for us that we need to cover, or you would like to see us cover. Yes, a classic story arc. Yeah, and if you want to hear more about Betty Ao twenty sixty nine going forward. You got to tune in to our Patreon episodes. Yeah. You yeah. never know where she might pop up. Exactly. Yeah. That's a Patreon exclusive character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, in Jake's universe, all you see, it's like blur. She's just always blurred out and it says paywall. Over yeah. It. yeah. 
It's like, like pixelated. Just, yeah. And yeah. you just have to give her five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> exposes herself. Oh god. <laughs> In more ways than one. <laughs> Ayo uh, for Betty Ayo. Yeah. <laughs> Walk around with the Ayo all up in my nasal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you next month, folks. Later. Good day. Betty Ayo. Hi, you're listening to Comics and Chronic, and I'm Jacob H. I'm Cody Cannon. And I'm Anthony Iannaccio. And you can tune in every Thursday to hear new episodes of Comics and Chronic. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Comics and Chronic. That's Comics, the letter N, Chronic. We'll see you guys next week. Woo! Peace.